Listening to It's Just a Show podcast. Controversial. Yo, does she really say that? No, I think she did. Entertaining, innovative, real, and raw. Hold on tight. Here's your host, the one and only, the one and only, Hustle Queen Lee. Yo, how's everyone doing out there? This is your girl, Hustle Queen Lee, coming to give you another episode of Let's Talk About It. As you guys know, this show is a a little different than my other shows, Sister Talk, and it's just a show, regular podcast. Um, this is a weekly show where we tackle topics and issues that are directly affecting our community, whether it's on a political side, um, racial injustice, entertainment, um, political reform, police reform, anything that is directly affecting our community, uh, systemic racism, Anything that is a hindrance, anything that is beneficial, anything that we need to know, any movements that we should be supporting, we are going to discuss it on this show. Let's talk about it. And y'all know how I do. Not wasting too much time. I just want to give you some insight. I am doing a very special episode for It's Just a Podcast. Um, I'm going to be myself along with two other women who have had a direct imprint on my life. Um, It's going to be entertaining, it's going to be informative, and it's going to give three perspectives of black women and how we are dealing with some of the issues that are facing us as a people, us as a community of black women, us as educated women. And so we're just going to come out. So be looking forward to that and make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Hustle Queen Lee and Facebook at Alicia N as in Nancy Hall so that you can be informed and updated on everything that's going on. All right, so we're going to get right into this. Now, the first topic that I want to discuss is Breonna Taylor. Now, what's going on now is that her name is no longer trending on Twitter. It's almost as if, you know, things have quieted down, and that's something that we cannot allow. Um, Before I touch on that too heavily, I really want to get into what happened this past Friday. Um, And this past Friday, according to the Courier-Journal, Louisville, Kentucky Mayor Greg Fisher announced Louisville Metro Police would be moving forward in the firing of Brett Hankinson. And as we all know, he has been fired. Um, And he's one of the three Louisville Metro Police officers who opened fire and killed Breonna Taylor on March 13th. Now, I want y'all to listen to what the interim chief, Robert, had to say about Brett Hankinson. Quote, I find your conduct a shock to the conscience. I am alarmed and stunned you use deadly force in this fashion. The resort of your actions seriously impedes the department's goal of providing the citizens of our city with the most professional law enforcement agency possible. I cannot tolerate this type of conduct by any member of the Louisville Metro Police Department. Your conduct demands your termination. End quote. Now, The thing that gets me about what this interim chief said is that I find it to be um, propaganda. I find it to be a bunch of crock because we're not going to act like there have not been infractions and that there have not been people who have come forward to give their account on the mistreatment they have received from the Louisville Metro Police Department. And so for people to act as if this is something new, this is something that, oh, my God, I'm so shocked, and you have to be reprimanded 
The only reason why these things are happening and we have to look at how powerful our voices and how powerful our stance is as black people is because these type of cases are getting the traction. They're getting the notoriety from people who have influence. If it wasn't, and I know a lot of people have some, you know, they have their own personal issues about how they feel celebrities should not say certain things. Celebrities should not be informed in lending a voice to um racism uh political means they just want them to be quiet but the truth of the matter is if certain entertainers and people of influence and people who have a status did not make noise about these cases one we would not know what was going on and two a lot of these cases they would become cold cases without people of influence putting you know um agitating the people who need to be agitated to get something done now I want us to look at this timeline with um, Breonna Taylor. Now, sadly, she was brutally murdered on March 13th. She was shot eight times while she was in her home, in her peace haven, in her bed. On May 21st, the FBI's Louisville office assured, you know, they announced that they were opening an investigation into the circumstances surrounding her death. Also on May 21st, the LMPD announced it would require all sworn officers to wear body cameras. On that same day, LMPD's police chief, Steve Conrad, announced he would be retiring at the end of June. However, he was removed from his post on June 1st after it was discovered the officers present in the shooting death of a black man named David McCaddy during a Louisville protest, did not have their body cameras turned on. Now, and that was from CNN. The interesting thing is, like I said earlier, these people come out, they give us these, you know, I guess you can call it beautifully crafted um, PR pieces. And as they stated that the sworn police officers would have to wear a body camera, Notice they did not say that the cameras had to be turned on. Sadly, you have a chief who announced his retirement only because of the, the, the pushback he's getting from our voices, the visuals that you see the people protesting, people making their voices be heard. And we, that's why we have to continue to be vigilant, vigilant. We have to continue to not allow these cases, not to allow these things to fall on deaf ears. The, and another thing is with this, you know, with this murderer, Brett Hankinson, he wasn't the only one. He was fired. And I know for me, I'm just not comfortable with him losing his job. He needs to be prosecuted and there needs, he needs to be arrested. He needs to be prosecuted and he needs to be convicted and serving prison time for killing an innocent woman. The same with the other two officers. I saw that they were on administrative leave and were reassigned. That does nothing for the cause. You were there, you were present, and if this was any normal person who was around, they would be considered an accomplice to murder, and they would be arrested, convicted, prosecuted, and serving time. And that's what we want. And so we live in a society where black people are demanding just civil rights. The sad part is we don't even have civil rights. Not even equality. Civil. Everyone is do that. Everyone is do that is is do that type of respect. And so we have it where we are continuing. I can feel the momentum kind of dying down. 
but we cannot allow that to happen because she deserves justice. Her family deserves justice. Her family deserves that nothing can happen that can bring her back or to alleviate the grief that her family is experiencing and the loss. And my prayers are to them. But we have to do our due diligence as black people to not let this Breonna Taylor case fall by the wayside. We cannot turn, you know, an, a deaf ear to this. We cannot turn our heads to this and act like that it no longer exists or because he was fired that something was done. That was just to appease people. But no, we want arrest. We want convictions. We want prosecution. We want prison time served. And so when you're dealing with places like Kentucky, Kentucky, I don't know if whoever's listening, if you ever visited, Kentucky is a, is a racist state. Along with when you get into those South Carolinas, North Carolinas, Virginia, Tennessee, all of that, it's something serious. I lived in North Carolina, I want to say for four and a half to five years, and I could not believe the racism. It was very evident. It was not, it was no secret. It wasn't something that was done discreetly. When my family first relocated, we lived in Winston-Salem. Very beautiful. I loved it. It was a big city. We relocated to this small town called Wilkesboro, North Carolina. And Jesus, let me tell you, this small, the name of the mall is Wilkes Small Mall. No lie. On God. And it was a big shock because I'm a city girl. And I get to this place. and I'm like, what is this? This mall was so small. The food court consisted at that time of two vending machines, one that had snacks one that had drinks, and I think it was like two tables for you to sit down. That's how small this small mall was. So, and it was so crazy because even though it was so uh, dissaturated with racism, there were so many interracial couples, you know, interracial children, and it blew my mind that a lot of those people were still racist, yet you were having babies by black men. That's a whole nother episode. We're not even going to get into that. Um but it's, it was the first time I had ever experienced myself with colorism. I'm from Florida. There is an array of complexions when it comes to black people from, you know, extremely fair-skinned to, you know, beautiful um, ebony. So I never had a, a mindset that something was negative or it was viewed in a negative way or a demeaning way if someone was dark-skinned because that's what I saw. You know, just my immediate family alone, light-skinned. My grandmother was dark-skinned. My grandfather on my mom's side was light-skinned. On my dad's side, my grandfather was deeply, richly chocolate, beautiful skin. My grandmother was like a caramel color. So on both sides of my family, I saw what I saw, and I never deemed anything as, oh, she's better because she's light-skinned. I, I never had that, that mindset until I moved. And I think I was in the ninth grade. And I was dating this guy, and it was the first time I ever heard in my life, oh, she she beautiful to be dark-skinned. And I'm thinking, what? Like, it, it was something that I never understood. I had never, ever heard in my life. So when that was expressed to me, I didn't even know how to take it because I didn't even, I'm like, so something wrong with being dark-skinned? Or you you think all, you know, light-skinned people are attractive and Oh, you know, you dark skin, so I didn't expect you to be attractive, but you are. So it's like I, I didn't, I didn't that principle, and it still carries on, you know, today. So dealing with colorism, along with racism, along with systemic racism, and these are things that are continuing to happen 
and we have to come together as a community to stop this. We have to uplift each other regardless of, you know, economical um, placement, you know, social placement. It doesn't matter. We are brothers and sisters, and we have to encourage. We have to motivate. We have to uplift. We have to pray for. We have to send positive vibes, vibes to. We have to do that. I just feel like we have a responsibility to care and nurture our brothers and sisters, just period, regardless. And that's just how I feel about it. So another thing that was going on with the entertainment industry, um, and I talked about this on my Facebook, because there is a, a filter going around that it will put your picture like you're in the clouds. It looks like a funeral obituary, okay? And it scared me. People who I don't even know, it put such an anxiety of fear in me because I'm like, oh, my God, how did this person die? And I go to their page, and this person is promoting the business. I'm like, look, <laughs> it's so many things out here. Please stop putting y'all pictures in the clouds. And if you one of these people who listening, stop doing that because it literally scares me. So I forget who page I saw on Instagram on, on their wall, and it was like, you know, prayers to D.L. Hughley. And I was like, oh, my heart dropped. I was like, no, God. And I immediately read the story and found out that, you know, he tested positive for COVID-19. And I saw the clip of him at his comedy show. It was so scary to see him pass out like that. Um, my heart just dropped because it lets me know and it should let everyone know we are all on borrowed time. Thank God that, you know, he is recovering and he even, you know, released a video on his um, Instagram. But, you know, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to, um, you know, be mindful of what we're putting in our bodies. Um, be mindful of even what we're taking in, you know, through the media, because sometimes the media can be so draining that it call, it can cause depression. It can cause us to go into the state of darkness. So we just have to be mindful, you know, um, of that. And the scary part of, you know, when you're asymptomatic, it's scary because you have no signs or symptoms. And you would have no inclination that you need to get tested because nothing is going on with you. You're not showing any signs that you're not, you don't have a fever, you don't have a sore throat, you're not having difficulty of breathing. But we do have to be mindful because these COVID-19 numbers have, the numbers are astronomical at this moment. And I know it has to do with the protests. I know it has to do with us becoming lackadaisical on this, but we still have to protect ourselves. We still have to guard ourselves because Baby, Corona is not going anywhere. She is very live and running rampant. And we do have to be careful and be mindful of our loved ones, of the elders in our family, that we are not, you know, coming in contact with something and then going to spread it to them. You know, I'm around, you know, someone who has a low immune system. So I am very intentional about where I go, how often I go, and when I'm around them. It's scary and it has to be intentional with everything that we are doing um right now in this in this pandemic some people act like the pandemic is no longer here I'm like you do know we are in the middle of a pandemic we do have to be mindful and careful about what we're doing and uh, white people and I'm just gonna say white people because I've only seen it with white people there is nothing wrong with y'all wearing the mask I'm seeing all of these videos of people who are truly denying you're being denied access to restaurants to shopping centers to things of grocery stores things of that nature because you refuse to wear a mask why 
even in this, you don't even want to take instruction. It, it literally baffles me watching. It was a white woman, and she was told she couldn't come into the, the store. And she was so disrespectful, and it was disgraceful just watching her. I said, but this is what we deal with. We, certain white people have a mentality that you are above the law. It doesn't apply to you. I can supersede this. No, follow the rules or take your behind back home, period. And, she, and I love the fact they didn't weigh down. They didn't, you know, allow her in. Another story, I saw this guy, I forget what store. I think he was trying to get into a Walmart. And the guy stood his ground like, dude, everybody has to wear a mask. You included. He pushed this guy. He assaulted this guy like, I'm not wearing no mask. You are not above the law, sir. And I'd be watching these things. And, you know, this is like the other part of me, the other side of the, you know, the the hype Alicia, the Alicia that, you know, will lay hands on you and not because of God of church. I don't ever run into these Karens out here. And in my mind, I'm like, Lord, let a Karen just walk past me. Let a Karen get in my path. Because as I'm watching these videos that my brothers and my sisters post on Instagram and Facebook, I'm like, you let that go. I know I'm not the only one. I'm like, you You let that go. You let her say that to you. You let her get that close to you. I'm telling you, it would not rock that way with me. It just wouldn't. I'm not built like that. I have my tolerance level. It's probably negative one right now. It's, it's going to be on and popping. Y'all going to Alicia said she was going to do I I'm not built like that. You got about 35 to 45 seconds to say some crazy stuff. I'm going to let it slide. After On that 46th second, it's done. You finna feel the wrath. So I, you know, I commend those who have been able to record and get the information that you need because I couldn't do it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm being perfectly honest. I could not do that. Um, but it's, it's sad, and I'm making humor out of it, but it's sad to be harassed, to be told to go back where you came from. Um, no one wants you here. You should be with your kind. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, you do know this don't belong to you either, right? Okay. But that's a whole nother episode and a whole nother conversation that we want to get into, you know, get into all of that. Um, the next topic I wanted to discuss, this came from Chicago. <sighs> My black people, we have to do so much better while we're out here protesting and fighting for civil rights, for equality for our voices to be heard, for justice to be rained down on those who deserve it. On Father's Day, the weekend of Father's Day in Chicago, there were 104 people who were shot. Uh, 104 people shot, 14 fatalities, including a three-year-old baby by the name of Makai James. Um, it is believed that the, the baby's father... Um, was the the target? Um, there has been a two thousand dollar at the time of this recording um, reward for information leading to um, the arrest and conviction of the shooter. And when I read this story, my heart broke. When they showed the picture of the little boy, my heart broke because this was a baby who had not yet had a chance to live his life, to experience certain things, and his life was cut short over what? over something so meaningless. I don't know the reason why the father was being targeted. But when you look at these things, you know, we are trying to come together and we're killing our own. And a lot of people, and it may ruffle some feathers, and that's fine. And a lot of black people don't like to discuss this, but this is a problem in our community. 
the difference is when a white police officer kill a black person, they go home. When a black person kills another black person, they go to prison. And we know that. But we have to stop. That's our brother. That's our sister. We have to stop taking life. And that is something that is triggering for me and is bothersome that the accessibility and the just no, you know, just people just have no type of like concern for human life. I'll kill you for stepping on my shoe. I'll kill you for rolling your eyes at me, looking at me funny. Is that worth taking someone's life? That's a father. That's a husband. That's a sister. That's an aunt. That's a grandmother. Some people don't even care. They just take life, you know, and that, and that, that, that does something to me, especially having to live with someone who tried to take my mother's life. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, we have to stop this. And for my mother, it was, it was over a car. It was an attempted carjacking, a car that she worked hard for, a car that she sacrificed for, and someone with a gun just felt, well, I want this, so I'm going to take it instead of going out there and trying to do something better with their lives. And it's sad because it happens in way too often. So we have to do better as a people within our own community. We have to do better as a people to uplift this younger generation instead of tearing them down, uplift them, build them up. Let's, I mean, because quite frankly, let's just be real. We didn't always accept wisdom. We didn't always embrace instruction because we felt I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me different. You know, we're told in the Bible that, you know, a wise man learned from the mistakes of others. A fool learned on his own. And you, I want to be wise. So I listen to wise counsel, you know, and it is important. But my prayers, my thoughts, my concern goes out to that family and, and the other 13 families who were affected by these senseless fatalities. And for it to happen over Father's Day weekend is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing to me. So I really, I, I pray that they catch the person who did it. I pray that God would prick the heart of someone who knows the truth. And not even for the reward, but just for your own consciousness, for your own karma, that, you know, the truth will come out and the person responsible for this will be arrested, prosecuted, and sentenced to prison where they deserve to be. Um, this is one of the things, this is a movement that I utterly love that I have, you know, um, enjoyed watching the manifestation of it. And for those who are not aware or don't know, um, it's called Unmutiny, which is a movement um, started by singer and actress Amber P. Riley. If you don't know who Amber is, this woman, this beautiful black woman, has such an amazing voice. I, I mean... Her voice is like, I can't, it's top tier. It's it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, but she started this movement called Unmutiny, and it has been beautiful to watch. It has been beautiful to, um to watch, and it's something I sincerely stand behind one hundred percent. And the outpouring of Black entertainers across the facet of entertainment, being bold and confident in sharing their harsh treatment. And the racism that they have experienced in the industry is encouraging. 
because you're when you're looking at entertainers, these are people who are hired by corporations, studios. And the possibility of them being labeled difficult to work with, you know, being labeled, you know, nah, well, she started this or she's a part of this movement. I don't know what she's going to say if I do something that she doesn't like. And the thing about it is it's not doing something that they don't like. It's doing something that is crushing them as a person. When you get on these studio lots and you get on these, um, you know, these brands and they want you to look a certain way. They, and this is the thing. These companies are making millions and billions of dollars off of black talent, yet you treat this talent as such a toxic environment. For black men, black women, they get on set, and if you just go back and listen to, I'm sure, your favorite actress, and they'll talk about how, you know, they had, you know, hair and makeup, no one knew how to do their hair. No one knew how to blend you know, makeup on a black woman's face or what texture, you know, there, there are so many stories. So the fact that I am seeing, you know, black women, I think one of the, one of the most surprising ones that I saw was Ryan Destiny, um, who, you know, starred in the TV show star and has a, an incredible music career. And I'm not saying that her, you know, her ex- what she expressed was from Star or, or, or that type of situation. But just seeing her come out and speak and these people not being fearful. You know, I'm not being fearful that I won't ever get hired for another job or whatever the case may be because what is for them is for them. And I love that. And I just feel like on every aspect of our lives, if you have something to say, say it. Because there is so much freedom in your truth. Your truth may ruffle some feathers your truth may be looked at oh she trying to get revenge oh they may be trying to do this but your truth is your truth and you have the right to walk in it and you have the right to express it I don't care if it's from from another black person white person I don't care if you have been treated harshly if you have experienced treatment that was not conducive to a safe environment you have the right to speak up on it. Never allow fear. Never allow the fear of retaliation. Never allow, I don't know what they're going to think. I don't know how people are going to look at me. I don't know what this is going to affect. It doesn't matter. Nothing is worth your freedom. Never let anyone stifle your voice. Never let anyone push you in a corner to where you feel that there is no value in your truth and there is no value in your voice because it is. When one person did it, then they, you saw these other people and it was such a massive movement on Twitter. So if you haven't been following it, I encourage you to get on there, hashtag um, unmutiny and it's U-N-M-U-T-E-N-Y, unmutiny. And it's such a beautiful movement and I respect Amber so much for doing that. Um, it has been sensational because there are so many of our favorites, so many of the the favorites that we grew up watching and admiring who have experienced this. So I love seeing the millennials um, taking, you know, rank and moving forward in this and no longer allowing these things to happen with these brands and these networks and, and these studios to get away with, you know, oh, we already got somebody who looked like you. We really don't know where to place you. Yet you have 500 white men who all look the damn same. 
<laughs> you know, like they look the same. I can't tell no difference. So you can't have more than one black person, you know, on your show. You can't have more than one black story on your show. And another thing that I'm learning as I continue to grow as a writer. And, you know, um, this is this is what I this is what I believe. A white person, I don't care how much research you do. I don't care how much you read. You will never be able to empathize with the black experience. You can sympathize with it because we all have experienced pain of some sort, but you can't feel a deep empathy for it because you don't know. You can get behind, a cop can get behind you and you, oh, yeah, my tail light out or whatever. A police officer gets behind a black person and you fear for your life. You will never know. You'll never know. You'll never know going to a store. This happened to me. You know, you go into a store, you're being followed, you know, while all of a sudden the, the white girl who they ain't paying no attention to, that's the one that's stealing. You'll never, you'll never know. I, I, this same story, I, um, I'm a just, it was Victoria's Secret. This was years ago. And I'm 22 years old. And at the time, I had a great job. I'm 22. I'm probably pulling at the time like $625 every week. As, that's after taxes. So, you know, to a 22-year-old, babe, I am balling. Do you hear me? So I go to Victoria's Secret. They had their semi-annual sale. And I always run out of fragrance before I run out of the lotion. So I only I wear the same fragrances. So I was like, well, I'm going to just go and get the three sprays, and that's all I need. And so for those of us who are familiar with Victoria's Secret, you know you can do like the three for something and then like the six for something else. That was like back in the day. I don't know what it is now because I really don't shop there too often. Probably not at all. So when I get to the, the cashier to check out, and I put my three sprays up there. And she was like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, we're having a sale where you can get like six for whatever. And so you already know it was a Becky. And um, I said, oh, I said, I'm aware. I said, but I only need these three. This heifer says, oh, like you don't have the you don't have enough money to get the six. <laughs> I said, hmm. So like I said, I at that time, I you know, as a 22-year-old, I had a lot of money and I had cash on me. I probably had about eight, $900 of cash on me. I took out all my money and I spread it out across the counter. And I said, does it look like I can't buy the six? Oh, I didn't mean anything by that. It wasn't, you know, I'm, no, you did. You did. And, uh, yeah. So the manager was over there. She was like, I'm so sorry. Can I? I said, you know what? I really love these fragrances, so I'm going to need my three. And I think, I, I honestly, after that situation, that was my first personal encounter with dealing with something like that. I'm not saying that no one had ever watched me before, but that was my first time um, having, I was, consciously, I was consciously aware that it was happening. And then to be said, can you not afford the six? Or can you, like, I had never... I had never experienced anything like that. So I, after that, I was 22 at the time. I'm 34 years old. I probably have stepped inside of Victoria's Secret maybe twice after that. Um, it just did something to me. And I'm one of those people where if I don't feel appreciated, I don't spend my money. I work hard for my money, for my funds. We all do. And never invest in where you're not appreciated. 
So I stopped that a long time ago. And, and that's another thing, too. We have to invest in, in black businesses. I think this past month, I may have spent like six to $800 on black businesses alone, small black businesses. You know, and it is vitally important that we do that to circulate the black dollar, to keep it within the community. Um, it's, it's vital. It is necessary. And it is a must. We have to do that and start teaching your kids to invest in black businesses, to become a black business, to have a business mindset, to understand every facet of business. So that's how I feel. So I'm running this, uh, I'm running this contest. Um, for those who don't know, I have published five books and I'm running a contest where um I'll give the details later. <laughs> However, um you have to listen to they will have to you have to listen to this episode to get the information. So the first two people to DM me on whatever social media you follow me on. The first two people, and so y'all gotta be quick because I'm gonna look at the, the timestamp. So the first two people who inbox me or message me, the title of the song that Usher lip synced when he first appeared on Moesha will get a free book from me of your choice and a, it's just a show podcast shirt. And I will post the shirt. But you got to listen to this. Only y'all listening, you know, will know what to do. Uh, so skip that. So I gave y'all the details. You'll know now. So DM me, message me. What was the song that Usher Raymond lip synced when he first appeared on Moesha? Um, if you already have the books from me, you get a free T-shirt. And then you can get a free upcoming book from me if you already have you know, the three novels that I've written. Um, so, with that being said, I thank you guys um, for listening. I'm also opening up an opportunity for people to join me on the podcast. Um, more details of that will be coming soon. So, make sure you follow me at Hustle Queen Lee on Twitter and Instagram, Alicia N. Hall on Facebook, to see if you would like to be another voice on the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. And you can choose whichever podcast. Um, show so it could either be the regular it's just a podcast it could be sister talk where everything I talk about is dealing with Tyler Perry show sisters which will be coming back I believe later on this year um and it is a review of the show and so we can have discussion about the show so you got to be a fan of the show to watch to be a part of it okay and then lastly um let's talk about it so if you're more political if you're more into what's happening and how can we have solutions about what's happening? And this is the the place for you to be. And so that's what's important. So we can talk about, you know, what's going on in the world, but we have to be able to offer solutions because I'm not one of those people. I hate just talking about problems and then we don't have anything to combat what's going on. And so one of the things I, that's why I support and, and will always motivate and encourage people to support black businesses um, that's number one. Another thing, too, we have to vote. You have to get out there. You have to know what these people stand for, and you have to let your, vo your voice be heard out here. You have to cast your ballot. You really want to see change, you, you got to vote these people up out of here. That's the other thing. The other thing, too, about solution, find out what you can do in your local community. We have so many things going on in the world, and I know that it's exciting to watch, and you want to be a part in what you can do. But start in your local communities. 
that's a great start. Find out, you know, get in touch with your 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 local um NAACP, um Boys and Girls Club. Get in touch with your um uh just just any type of a nonprofit in your local community. The school board. Find out how you can volunteer. Find out what you can do to help. You know, in 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 certain elementary schools and things of that nature, high schools. Can you go out and talk? Can you let them know about how your life was as a high school student and how you changed? And you know, there are so many things you can do to help what's going on right now. You may actually be the voice to help save someone's life. Your story might actually be the story to get someone to turn their life around. You just never know if you never seek those type of opportunities. So I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to know what's going on with your local police department, sheriff department. Find out what's going on. Research. Look at those numbers. How many innocent people have been killed when they have these public, um, these open public hearings? Go out to them. Let your voice be heard. Let them see you. Get involved in the community. It it, it is important. It really is. It's vital um, that kids, children see faces that look like theirs and know that they can be more than just a basketball player, football player, or an entertainer. There are so many other outlets. So I encourage you, get involved in your local community. Um, thank you guys for listening. And until next time, and like I always say, keep your peace. Maintain your peace. And if there's anything, anyone, any situation in your life that is causing you to compromise that peace, reevaluate. And I'm not telling you to let them go, but if they are not serving any purpose to your purpose, you might want to show them the exit sign. Love y'all, and I will holler at y'all later. One.